I'm Stella. And I'm Graham Wheeler Nelson. And you're listening to Anything, Anything But Spielberg. So uh, Joe Rogan sucks in, <laughs> in summary. He's had no interesting guests since going in on summary. Spotify. Like, what? Why did he like? The, I know he, why he went on Spotify because they paid him like some hundreds of millions yeah. of dollars. And uh, but really, like, what a fucking. He was also life. wasn't he saying that YouTube was censoring him too much? Well, that's what all the right wing. Yeah, that's say. literally what like, <laughs> like actual Nazis say. And it's just like flagging the video, and it's like it's just saying at the bottom, like, "Hey, this might be like a little racist." And <laughs> this, they're, is, like, they're this is actually like hate speech, <laughs> so maybe don't. But uh, Jorgen's dog has an Instagram. And it's a, a beautiful dog. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have seen. I mean, separate the dog from the doggest. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> I think it's a good dog. I, I do too. I think the dog can exist independent of the owner. Yeah, it's a 10 out of 10 dog. Like two out of 10 man. Yeah, honestly. Like he probably treats him right. Probably goes on a lot of walks from the dog's perspective. Well, it's probably a dog walker's doing all of it. A dog sitter. Well, and didn't Hitler have a dog too? <laughs> I mean, he probably loved that dog. That dog probably thought Hitler was pretty cool. Wait, this, is, this dog is really cute. He's, just, he's a big fluffy guy. Exactly. And he can't understand what classical liberal means. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just like eating treats and hanging exactly. out. He doesn't, he doesn't know. Going on hikes in the California. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, to be a dog in California. Uh, well, good weather year round. I feel bad for my dogs in Minnesota because when it's winter, uh, you can't go on walks. Sorry, dog. What dogs do you have? I've oh, got two little ones. One's what, what like kinds? A, a Jack Russell Terrier That's so mix. Cute. Wait, why did He's I not know you one. had dogs? He's the ugly one and the annoying one. His <laughs> name is George. And then I have Hazel, and she's uh, I think a. You something. can tell me this because I remember the name Hazel. Maybe is Dachshund the right word? But like a wiener dog? No, she's like a bigger, like not a wienery wiener dog, <laughs> but kind of that size, but a little bigger. She's a fat dog too. <laughs> like not fat, not in healthy fat, but do you have dogs? I have one dog at home, Leo. Um, he's like, we think he's like actually like challenged. He is. Oh no. <laughs> no, but like in a cute way. He's like, um, is that problematic? Am I getting- Not at all. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's the facts. No, like actually though, he's like, He'll just sit and like stare like at nothing for for hours on end. <laughs> and so he has this funny. thing where he like he gets really bad anxiety anytime anyone says fuck. <laughs> so like if somebody starts cursing, he will literally like run to the other side of the room, jump on somebody else's lap and start oh like cowering God. in fear. That's hilarious. <laughs> and it's not like we've never like yelled at him or cursed at him. Like he doesn't get that from any anywhere. He's just an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. My dogs are just so paranoid. They're like, if they like hear a bush scrackle. Yeah, I um, Leo's. I, I love Leo. He's he's a big weirdo. Um, we had a dog Bear before that, and Bear was like like a big, like beautiful, oh. like fluffy dog. Oh. Um, he's on the the thing back there. That's him. Yeah. Oh my god. Now that's boy. like a Joe Rogan dog. Yeah, it was like a Joe Rogan <laughs> dog right there. Before these two we had uh Zoe and she was a chocolate lab. And oh my that's god. That's good. Chocolate oh. labs are fantastic. Have you seen Silver Labs? No. You need to Google Silver Lab because I think that is the most beautiful dog I've ever seen. Wait, that's really gorgeous. Yeah. He looks a lot like, so we had a Great Dane Mastiff mix named Simon, and he looks, this looks a lot like that, only like Simon was massive. Wow. Um, he was like 130 pounds. Damn, <laughs> that's like bigger than me. Yeah, he was a, he was a big dog. That's crazy. I, I, I love medium-sized dogs. Like mm -hmm. the big, huge dogs where it's like they'll crush you. I can't handle that. I want that. There was a girl in high school who had that, and I was like, it was scary to go over to her house. <laughs> I, I really want one of those. I want like a Great Pyrenees. Yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, like I, I want a Newfoundland, but they live like two years. Oh, because like they weren't meant to be that big. <laughs> that's what's said about like pugs too. Corey yeah. loves pugs. And I'm like, those dogs are in pain. Like, oh. Dude, if you want to get a pug, get like a pug mix because then they're going to live like twice as long. Yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> so uh, I think uh, Steve McQueen has a couple dogs. Yeah. <laughs> Does he? He has a couple kids. I know that. Today we're doing Steve McQueen. The 
white one. No, no, no. The no, not no, white no, one. not Cut the white out. one. The not white one. <laughs> yeah, um, not the actor, the contemporary director. Yes. The alive one. He is from London, England, and he is black. And we love him. Yeah. <laughs> no, the... Yeah, this is like a fun one because like we have also have negative thoughts, but like mostly oh, yeah. positive. Well, I feel like we can have negative thoughts because we love him so much. Yeah, no, that's allowed. And that's where the criticism is coming. Because I feel like anybody who just saw some of his like worst films, yeah. and then like was like, I hate Steve McQueen. Like, like, like you don't know. No, you don't, you don't know. know. <laughs> You haven't sat through hunger. <laughs> you <laughs> you don't know. You haven't just like watched Shame alone at like three in the morning when in you're bed. Like 15. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know why everybody everybody I know who's seen that movie has seen it at like the youngest age <laughs> like imaginable, and it's, it's like, like it's definitely the most adult movie. It's like, like <laughs> that and melancholy, yeah. <laughs> like shit like that. It was literally like that and melancholia for me, where I was like, oh, this is like film, film. This is uh, what being an adult is. <laughs> And, um, it's yeah. not. It makes it. Don't do that. It makes you more mentally ill. To all of our young listeners, just wait. Just it'll wait. be there. In the, it'll be there when you're ready. Yeah, and just watch fun stuff now. Steve McQueen. He was born in London, England, and his parents were from the West Indies, <laughs> which is really just the Bahamas. Um, it's a an, uh, right name. It's the it's the correct dictionary definition of the Bahamas. <laughs> Um, so he originally wanted to be a painter. Yes, which I respect so much. I feel like a lot of, like, I don't know, good directors, like, want are, like, really, like, painting beforehand. Yeah, I think that really, it makes you a visual sort yeah. of filmmaker. Well, it's also, like, being able to, like, I don't know, think more abstractly, I guess. Yeah, and to focus on, like, getting a story or emotion. Because yeah. I feel like painters are much more in tune with that and with the artistry behind it and because if you're coming at it from like a like a studio angle Mm -hmm. or like a like a big money hollywood angle it's uh it's a different mindset in creating the art and that affects the art interesting i think you make a good point (laughs) um so you have a you got a stupid fact for me so this is a stupid fact we'll have a couple (laughs) other facts later in the show for you uh to be revealed but uh this stupid fact is that uh he has been quoted as saying that he gets his best ideas while at home cooking or vacuuming it's kind of interesting um, Which, what a dumb fact. <laughs> why dumb why fact. write that down? I feel like I, when I'm like doing like busy work like that, because I like cleaning and cooking, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, whatever, fuck gender norms, but some of them are like accurate. <laughs> um, but like, I feel like when I do it, my brain goes all fuzzy. Yeah, well, it's kind of like a ritual. I'm super excited to get an apartment this summer and to cook and to actually be able to have yeah. like a space. And so I think it's just being a responsible adult and just sort of taking care of yourself. And, but I do agree. It's, uh, I love cleaning. But I also think like what I do is I always like clean or like fold laundry or like do dishes or, um, cook while like listening to something or like, like not just music, like, like a YouTube video or like a podcast. Um, and I think that that's not good because I think it, it makes it so I can't focus on one thing. Yeah, I, I get that a lot where it's like sometimes I realize I'm like, I have I have a no quiet today. It's just been like constant from somewhere. I'm watching a video while I eat. That's my big thing. But just shove all that digital noise right into my yeah. brain. And it's like we're staring at screens so much of the time. That yeah. scares me. I'm like, I don't want to go blind. No, our I mean, we're this is like. The first like real generation yeah. to be constantly doing that. Oh, yeah. we're fucked. Yeah, I know. I was thinking about that. Our bodies aren't built day. for that. I got <laughs> high and I was like, my eyes. <laughs> and then because like your eyes get so dry when you're high, I was like, am I going blind? <laughs> and then like I don't wear glasses sometimes because the the mask fogs it up, and so I've been wearing my not wearing my glasses a lot. And sometimes I'm like, God damn, I'm losing my vision. I can't see shit. But then I put my glass on. I'm like, wow, no, I'm, I'm fine. What really scares me is like actual like tunnel vision or whatever, yeah. where like you, you start to notice that you're like, it's getting smaller and smaller until it's like a little pinpoint. Yeah. That is so scary to me. Yeah. I had a teacher in high school where he said his son went blind 
and they had to like he was super into like motor bike jump something or other and so but he went blind from the inside out instead of outside in so like it, the middle of his vision went first Ooh. and so they had to put like led Wait, like reflective weird. strips on the sides of the jump so that he could because he couldn't see the middle that's crazy yeah and so that i'm scared of going blind yeah would you rather go deaf or blind blind no deaf 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 i would never want to go blind going blind is like my greatest fear but like you could never listen to music ever again yeah but in that way like i respect a painter where it's like I am much more of a visual person yeah. and I love music and especially like recently I've really been getting into like, wow, it's like a, a really crazy thing that it's like, it's a cool art form. It would depend like where I'm at in my life. Yeah. Because like if I was like secluded on the countryside somewhere, I'd definitely go deaf. Yeah. For sure. Cause you can communicate with people if you're deaf. Yeah. And, like, if I'm not around people that much or if I'm just, like, tending to the sheep. Um, <laughs> sheep don't care if you're deaf. No. And, like, I'd like to be able to see the pretty things. Yes, the mountains. But if I were in a city, I feel like I'd want to go blind. Oh, my God. I could not imagine trying to traverse a city blind. Dog. You have a dog. Even that... then. I'd feel like the dog wouldn't really know when to go across the crosswalk. <laughs> No, like, have you seen, like, the shit that, like, real service dogs can do? Like, it's insane. That is insane. Like, I can't believe that actually works. It's yeah. crazy. No, like, seeing them do the crazy stuff, it's like, I'd, I want a dog, but, like, not to train it for emergencies, to, just to train it to do, like, normal human things, just because it would be funny. Make <laughs> <laughs> a TikTok for it. But that is, like, what a connection those two must have. Like, oh, my God, yeah. You, they've got to be... So, I, literally, like, I will cry. Like, it, it makes oh. me so emotional thinking about that kind of, like, human-dog bond. Yeah. Just a dog episode. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I miss my dogs, I guess. Is yeah. The, I mean, who doesn't? Uh, it's true. my dog. But also about Steve McQueen. <laughs> His middle name is Rodney. Middle name Can you is believe Rodney. that Rodney? Steve Rodney McQueen. That's a pretty powerful name. But I feel like Steve McQueen is like the perfect name. But yeah. then Rodney, it interrupts it. it no, it Steve McQueen's a great good. name because it's like not a lot of people really know the actor Steve McQueen anymore. And it's like, but it's still like you hear that name and you're yeah. like, oh, that's somebody. It's got a good rhythm to yeah. it. Yeah. But Rodney, no. <laughs> <laughs> no to it's Rodney. Like, it's so high up in the We're gonna pass on Rodney, throat, folks. Like, Rodney. Rodney. Um, you know he's knighted. Yeah, apparently now we have to call him Sir. Yeah, Sir. It was Steve recently. McQueen. I think it was like oh, really? in the last few years. That's yeah. kind of cool. I mean, good for him. So yes, yeah, it's kind of weird McQueen. that we still make people knights, right? It is like, and reading about all that shit on the Wikipedia page, it was like he has received the Great British Honor of the Commonwealth, <laughs> and it was like just an award, like a fucking Golden Globe. You know what's really crazy? Like how. I don't know, countries that like aren't monarchies, but still like have royal families just for fun. I think like we should make fun of them more because like, yes. that's ridiculous. Fucking a royal family. I, it's so annoying when people get so like excited about their weddings oh my and God. all that fucking shit. I can't stand it. But like also like, like I just don't get it. They were like, okay, we're not going to do the monarchy anymore, but like we want the family to still wear really silly outfits. And they're still going to be rich as fuck. Yeah, we're we'll still going to have them all around. the money for no reason. Yeah, and people are like, oh, the queen, you know? Uh, uh, uh. It's and like, I'm like fuck queen, you. Fuck what does you. the queen do? She's exactly. Do shit. Exactly. It's just like the prime minister controls everything or whatever. Apparently, it's still Boris Johnson, right? Ugh. I hope not. I think Pro it I is. Don't, I, I don't even I, know. I got confused because we had an election and like, I, oh, I'm just going to look it up. That guy, Jeremy this Corbyn, I liked him. This is kind of an embarrassing, but I feel like we should know. Of global. <laughs> I feel like he made a big stink when he first got elected, but now it's really drifted off into. Who, Boris Johnson? Yeah, Boris Johnson. Yeah, it's still Boris Johnson. Ugh, what an awful man. <laughs> <laughs> what a repulsive human being. Really, really. And I mean, it's so sad what happened to Jeremy Corbyn. I yeah, really it was just the Bernie ordeal. He was such a nice guy, too. It was literally just like Bernie, but in the UK. It was. Um, uh, I'll never forgive the DNC for what they did to Bernie. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely in not. In my life. Absolutely not. That's why when Corey is like, oh, Michelle Obama, and like, oh, I love all the, is like Bill Clinton, you know? And I'm like, or Carrie Thompson. Oh, I love Carrie Thompson. Though. I don't want her to. I'll speak that. <laughs> but there's a professor that I love that she's very much like that. And I'm like, come just on. a liberal. Get over <laughs> it. Get over it. Yeah, I just, 
Fuck the Democratic Party. Yes. Fuck all parties, really. What I was thinking today, am I, wouldn't it be like pretty based and red pilled if I um, <laughs> if I learned Russian? Just for fun. Just for fun. <laughs> is it to like read? Just, like <laughs> is it to read like a Russian? No, just, just to just for, fun? for fun. My cousins are from Russia, so it would. I, I have respect cool. for that. It wouldn't be red pilled. That's stupid. It wouldn't be based. It would be neat. <laughs> It's a cross-cultural. <laughs> you're you're expanding your cultural boundaries. No, but it's like, you know, it's like hot and communist. Yeah. Are you doing it for the hot communist bit? Partially, yeah. Well, as long as it's not all the way. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't, but like, I think it would just be fun. It learns a couple good phrases so that people yeah. will thank you know a lot. Or like, I just want to get the accent down, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Donde estas biblioteca? That's all you need to know. <laughs> It's just Spanish. But that's like the Spanish phrase. Did you learn a language? I, I did three, three years of Spanish. Oh, that's like a, not that many. It was awful. I, I hated it. But like just because of the teachers. Oh, like, yeah, that's fair. It was a neat language, but... And like I respect the theory of like languages and like learning a different language is like a different language is like a different, a whole different mindset and like the way you think about life and the way you articulate things and so i respect it <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i do too um what were we talking about i think we were talking about steve mcqueen and his uh what our impressions of his work are in general Ooh, yeah um i personally i feel like his work is really i don't know it's very if I didn't know who he was and the movies that he did and you showed me like two of his movies, I wouldn't guess that they're the same director. Mm. Depends on the movies that you showed yeah, me. Depends on the movie. But like if you showed me Shame and Hunger, like I'd be like, yeah, that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Um, but if you showed me like Widows and Shame, like yeah. I would I would not get that. I agree. I agree. I think the first three, Hunger, Shame, and Twelve Years a Slave, are kind of a trilogy. Um, a spiritual yeah. trilogy. <laughs> I don't know what I mean by that, but that's what it is. The, the Lars von Trier. Um, <laughs> it's like the the trilogy of hell or something. No, I think it's just called the Depression trilogy. <laughs> yeah, and, um, yeah. Have you seen Nymphomaniac? Wait, no, we should I haven't. Save it. We'll do it. We'll, we'll do a Lars, Lars von Trier episode. I think it's on the list. Yeah, you should watch it. It's kind of. It's like un. It's so upsetting. It's like unwatchable <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm excited, <laughs> but um. um Anyway, <laughs> we're I, really straying all I do think Widows. I do think Widows deviates significantly from his other yes, movies. Yes, but I'd also say like 12 Years a Slave and um, Shame and what's the the new one? Uh, like small, Short Acts. Small Acts. Small Acts. Like all of those feel like very different styles. Yeah. Um, just visually, I'd say. Like, yeah, um, I think only in like tonally and pacing wise, like maybe... Because, like, especially with Hunger and Shame, just, like, the amount of time the shots take up and, like, that, like, style of going about, like, coverage and things like that, I think it's very uh, definitely linked. Yeah. But Widows, you kind of lose it. No, um, I agree. Um, I, I think also his work, I have a couple adjectives. Yes. <laughs> Go um, for it. Sell me your adjectives. Pointed. Yes. Um, intentional contemplative i think yeah. especially in like hunger and shame um he really lets shit drag out of just like michael fassbender oh, yeah. just like being like fuck what the fuck did i just <laughs> 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 and i love that and um and very uh with all the long takes um yeah and like is on here just like also um he's he chooses really good actors too. And I feel yeah. like that's like kind of half the battle. Absolutely. Cause like if like none of his movies would be as good if the actors weren't amazing in them, but it's also like, he's got to be a really fucking good director to like direct them like that. But oh, yeah. still like, I mean, he's working with fantastic actors and like Michael Fassbender in these first three in the spiritual trilogy, I'll call it <laughs> um, like he is such a fucking good actor. Like, I can't yeah. even believe it, especially in shame. And we'll get to shame, but he is <laughs> so fucking good. I, I'm going to warn you guys right now. We're going to talk a lot about shame and I'm guessing 90% of the listeners of this podcast have never seen shame. Oh, I'm sure they've never heard of it. They're like, who's shame? <laughs> Who, who's Steve McQueen? <laughs> um, 
Um, but it's a good one, guys. You should check it out. But in the privacy of your own. Yeah, home. and then skip this bit because we're gonna give spoilers. Um, yeah, but, but I also think that he he chooses good crew and actors. Yeah, Sean Bobbitt shot like everything of his and the cinematographer, and he is amazing. He also shot Black Messiah with Jesse Plemons, um, and the American Old Boy. So there's your fun fact for the day. Not yet. Not that's a fun fact. A fun fact. Not the fun fact. That'll be later. <laughs> um, we should like, like make a super cut of all the times we bring up Jesse Plemons. That's gonna be at the end of that's the like, season. like you know how there's like the bacon number. Yeah. It's like Jesse Plemons number. <laughs> the Plemons number. <laughs> I'm so excited. That's gonna be my uh, my senior thesis. <laughs> Our BA capstone is just <laughs> Jesse Plemons. <laughs> Jesse Plemons. We'll go up to the board and be like, "Have you all heard of uh, Jesse Plemons? What are what are the odds we can get Jesse Plemons to act in our BA? Like capstone? probably high. <laughs> the Emerson Mafia is limitless. So we like make a post being like, "Hey." I have one request and one request only. I am like, I have cancer. Give me the this Plemons. Is my make a wish. <laughs> We're too old to do Make a Wish. Oh. <laughs> we get cancer we just have to pay a that's lot of money up. that's really fucked up yeah but i that that would be my one my one request to the emerson mafia yeah that's my dying wish <laughs> um yeah my last bit about his in general shit is that in every one of his movies he uses dialogue very sparingly mm-hmm. and very intentionally not so much in widows but i'm thinking definitely shame and hunger um, oh yeah, absolutely, and and I appreciate that because it's like it's putting a lot of trust in the actors, like yes. we're saying, and yes. um, and the audience, and, but and, like also your ability to like make sure everything in the shot and like what everything the actor's doing is saying what you want it to say, mm-hmm. rather than just like having the um, dialogue like take up that entire scene and like um, that being your main focus. So I think it's like it's it's cool. It's like it's not something to like brush aside as being like oh, it's, it's boring because yeah. um, <laughs> it's like in those shots where nothing's happening, he's doing a lot. Which I'll say yeah. like not every director does. There yeah. are some directors who try to do this and don't. It doesn't work. There's got to be beats, specific beats. Gaspar Noah. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about that about like what what and we'll get to this, but like shame yeah. and love. Yeah. And like they're very different films. Very different. Very different films. Very different. But we'll get to Shame is much better. I agree. But let's talk about hunger. <laughs> or if you have anything else to say about his specific, his no, general. No, no. His general. I think the, wait, I did have something to say, but I don't remember it. I'll think of it later. You can interject. Oh, they're all sad. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's very true. He doesn't like happy shit. No, no. Um, yeah, so let's let's move on to hunger. Um, I haven't seen hunger in a while. I haven't purpose with that. I watched it. Shame was the first movie I saw of his, and then I watched Hunger. And honestly, Hunger, I did not like as much as Shame. No, me neither. Um, and so, like, but it was his first movie. Yeah, yeah. For like a directorial debut, you can't fault them. Yeah. And for anyone who hasn't seen Hunger or who has seen, needs reminding the structure of it. There's like no dialogue in the first third, and then the second third. There's that 17 minute long shot, um, which we'll talk about. And then the last third, there's also no dialogue. And so I think this is the least dialogue in any of his films. Um, yeah. And so there you go. It just You're just watching Michael Fassbender suffer, really. <laughs> Going on a hunger strike. I, like, I had to snack during this one. I know that for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting because um, he lived in the UK, right, Steve McQueen? Yes. It's interesting that he, like... I, I guess identified or like empathized so much with um, like the Irish struggle. Yeah. And I had never heard about it before I saw this movie. And so I was kind of surprised about like how much like emotion and depth and like this thing that I didn't even know happened. I was like, wow, well, how about that? And um, so, yeah, it was a, it's an interesting historical yes. thing to pick out. Um. Anne and I took an Irish studies class in high school. Ooh, damn. That's a good class. Yeah. Well, and we went to Ireland. That's why we took it. Oh, whoa. That's crazy. <laughs> um, but it was, like, it was interesting. I didn't know how, like, shitty of a history Ireland had. And I'm, like, Irish. Like, what? Very, I'm pretty heavily Irish. Oh, you Boston Irish. But, like, um, I don't know. Somebody far in my family was, like, the, the pioneer of absentee landlordship in um, Ireland. Wow. That's not good. <laughs> I don't feel good about that. 
I think my great great grandfather. Dublin. <laughs> yes. Good point. But uh, that's really cool. Uh, I think Ireland. I I want to read Ulysses, but I haven't. But it's I like James you should, Joyce. You should read some of James Joyce's other stuff. I like, think I read some of his like shorter, like one of the, some some shit in high school where they made <laughs> us an AP lit. But who knows? Oh, was it the one that doesn't make any sense? It was one of them, and it was okay. But I think Ulysses. I need to grow a little bit. I need to get a better reader. <laughs> Ulysses is really good. Yeah, I tried to read Finnegan's Wake, and I got like a, a, a word in. <laughs> it, you, it literally breaks your brain. Like I googled it, and I was like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, the whole point is that it, there's no point. Exactly, <laughs> and, even, and it's like the whole book is like that. It's like okay. <laughs> um, but hunger, I thought was very visceral. It made me hungry. <laughs> And you really felt like you were there spreading shit on the walls. It felt, it felt really hungry. Um, and it's just, yeah, lots of like, I don't know, this is another common thing, I guess, exploring pain, whether it be mm-hmm. like physical, but like mostly just like psychological feeling like, I don't know. It, it's like he, he goes, he really dives into like nasty emotions. Maybe I'll save yeah. that for later. Um, we'll, we'll dive back into that later. For what he's uh, saying in general. Yes, That's a yes. good bit. Um, so let's talk about that 17 minute long take. Um, (laughs) personally, I'm not a fan. I don't think it works. We talked about this off podcast last week, but how, um, like sometimes long takes are cool. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you're just kind of doing it to do it. Yeah. And like, maybe like think before you do, because long takes require so much attention from the viewer that it's like at a certain point, it's kind of detracting from the scene itself. Absolutely. It gets boring. Yeah. Like, I, I hate saying that, and like, I'll be the first one to call a Marvel movie boring, but this, at a certain point, you're like, Jesus Christ, just cut the camera. And it's at a wide angle, so you can't even see the actors and like their facial expressions and things like that, because it's a dialogue, yeah. it's a dialogue scene. And um, yeah, it does not work, in my opinion. I will say a long take I really like is um, is in Climax. Hate to compliment our, our boy. Oh, wait, no. I thought you didn't see Climax. Did you see I Climax? I did. We saw it together. Which oh, one? We did which see one it together. Was it? Which one was uh, Which long take? Was the whole movie a long take? Was that the bit? No, there were several different long takes, but okay. it was the one like near the end when it's like Went everybody upside down. Yeah, yeah, and like everybody's like writhing on the floor and yeah. like it's everything's really fucked up. That was crazy. That was a good long take. I agree. I agree. I think Birdman, great long take. I yeah. like Birdman. Birdman, I don't like, but I think it's more like tonally, I don't like it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't like the ending. Yeah, um, the ending was weird. Yeah. yeah. But I think it, it it is cool. I think the acting's good. It's just very much like, this is New York, and this is a New York <laughs> movie, and we're going to talk about Broadway. <laughs> did I tell you, side note, this is a complete yes, aside. Yes, please. Um, did I tell you I watched the Robert Pattinson 9-11 movie? There's a Robert Pattinson 9-11 so, movie? Yes, but no. It's a movie, okay, for those who haven't seen Remember Me, um, you should probably not watch it. It's not very good. But it's like Robert Pattinson and that girl from Lost, and um, Claire from Lost. You've seen Lost. Oh, I love Lost. Yeah. I love Lost. <laughs> um, and like they just are like, it's like a rom-com, not really a com, a rom-sad. Um, and there's like both really fucked up and they go to NYU and then they end up um, meeting and like falling in love and stuff. And it's just like, that's a, a love story. The entire movie's a love story. And then at the end, he goes into a building and it's the Twin Towers what? and it's 9-11. <laughs> fucking ending to there's script. there's no talk about 9-11 before that it, it literally it doesn't get brought story? up no <laughs> that's absurd that's no, absurd really bad and then like that ending was that ending was amazing that's a ridiculous ending for a film <laughs> that's such a cop-out that's like it was a dream the whole time he died in 9-11. 9-11 the whole time <laughs> wow that's insane. <laughs> I feel some part of me feels like it's like it, that movie must have been like some kind of like propaganda, like must like yeah they they were being paid off by like the CIA yeah to make a movie being like nine eleven was really fucking sad wasn't it it's yeah. really sad we got to go to war now because the only foreshadowing was that like in one of their classes they were talking about terrorists. Um, <laughs> that's like they figure out the ending and they're like where can I like <laughs> it literally where was. can I set this up <laughs> like okay so in between this scene and this scene they'll talk about terrorism <laughs> and then that'll be oh, that'll it'll be it'll be subtle 
Yeah, it was very subtle. But what a shame. (laughs) 9-11. Shame. Oh! (laughs) What a shame. (laughs) Well, since uh, we're talking about shame, do you have anything else to say about hunger? No. Okay, good. I don't either. (laughs) Um, So shame is definitely his horniest movie. (laughs) I have to say. Shame is one of the horniest movies. Ever. I agree. I would agree. But like tastefully horny. It's artistically horny. Yeah. I think that's the uh, the subtitle for the episode. Bram took an absurd amount of notes on James. Well, just all of my thoughts, just stream of consciousness, just like Ulysses. Yeah, yeah. I'm writing Ulysses. I don't know if you know. <laughs> but Bram writes Ulysses, except it's just him watching Shame. First, I had a quote from Sean Bobbitt, the cinematographer, which applies to all his movies, philosophy towards shooting. And he says, this is a quote, uh, coverage is like mass production. If you shoot enough, you can cobble it together into whatever you want. So it's really about not making decisions. It's a decision not to make a decision, which I think is a trap a lot of people <laughs> fall into, where it's like, we'll just get 10 different camera angles and they'll find it in post. Like, that's dangerous. Yeah. And Steve McQueen does not do that. No, you're, you're definitely right. Everything is, like, so intentional. Yeah. And, like, intentionality, mwah. Mwah. We're doing a chef's kiss. I also, I think one of the main themes is addiction. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Sex addiction, to be specific. So for people who haven't seen Shame and aren't going to watch it, because um, <laughs> it's this guy, Michael Fassbender, and he, like, his sister comes into town, and she's kind of a mess, and he has a sex addiction. Um, and that, he's, like, a very solitary dude. Executive. And, he's, like, a, yeah, a finance He's a douchebag. Yes, very. New York. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, so, he's, like, just kind of a douchebag, but this is, like, with his sister coming into town, he, like, starts to feel vulnerable about his addiction and, the, like, the, sh- the shame around hey. his addiction. Um, and, honestly, I'll, I'll say it right here. Until I saw this movie, I'm, like, Sex addiction's like oh like not real. Like you just like it's sex. Like, you whatever. have sex? Oh good for you. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like like okay, Russell Brand, like you're, <laughs> you have a sex addiction, okay. But after this movie I'm kinda like, okay, yeah. I, I understand how it could be like a real thing. Yeah, that was me reading Infinite Jest, which I don't want to talk about Infinite Jest too much because it's a douchey <laughs> again, it's a very douchebag thing. But I thought it they lined up very nicely, shame and infinite jest, because mm-hmm. I think addiction can come in any form to anything. And there was actually a quote, and this is the only quote of David Foster Wallace I'll read on the podcast. Ooh, and they say, he says, there's actually no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice is what we get to worship. No, I mean, that could absolutely apply to both. Absolutely. And sex addiction, he's worshiping sex. People yeah. worship gambling or cocaine or drugs or any high experience, any running, surfing, anything. They're like worshiping concepts. Yes. Ideologies. Yeah. Because, like, I don't know. I think I, to some extent, like, worship this idea of, like, morality and, like, perfect morality. Yeah. That, um, that's a good one to which, worship, that honestly. That sounded like a, like a fucking, like, I'm a good person, um, actually. No, I'm just saying, like, I think I, like, concern myself with issues of, like, ethics more often yeah. than I probably should. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Everybody has something. Yeah. Whatever takes up your, your headspace. Absolutely. And that's why people who are like, like who say they're not addicted to everything. I think everyone has addictions. Everybody has multiple addictions. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) It's just which ones are viewed like less acceptable or I mean, obviously also which ones are like most harmful if your addictions like killing people. Probably not a good one. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe don't. The addiction was treated very, uh, humanely and because you really fucking empathized with Michael Fassbender even though he's like a douchebag and a repulsive person and like Mm -hmm. you're like oh man this guy is filthy but you empathize with him and he his the performance and like everything really makes you fucking be like you feel for him yeah absolutely I think I mean another big thing I think in this movie is like the idea of trauma because it's never expressly said like what kind of trauma um, the two characters like really went through but it's like I think they like make one mention of like something happening to them because their relationship is like definitely like overtly incestuous yes um, 
on both sides. Yeah. But like her expressing her affection through like that uncomfortable intimacy and him expressing his anger through that intimacy. Cause he's so ashamed of it yeah. too. Like he's so outwardly sexual and outwardly releasing in that, mm-hmm. his, all his energy in that area. But also in, when he gets into that situation, he can't relate that way. Yeah. Some, there's some sort of blockage. There's so much shame. And so, so, so much shame. I feel like it's the main. I mean, that's why they call it the shame. Yeah, that's why he chose that title. <laughs> but like, also, I just like uh, back to trauma. I think like it's cool how the movie doesn't. It never says what happened to them, mm-hmm. but you're given so much information to kind of infer. And then at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter specifically what happened to yeah. them. It's just you know that like a bunch of like messed up stuff probably happened because like everybody kind of deals with messed up stuff, and it's just yeah. an exploration of like how these things manifest in like their later life. Yeah. It was really tastefully done. Cause I think in like, uh, in like a widow's style movie where it's like a Hollywood movie, Mm -hmm. they would definitely would have said what it was and they would have had it like set up and paid off and it would have been a big thing. But I think the way he did it here was very tastefully and very artistically. Yes. And it really made you like, like everything in the movie, it made you really dig in and really kind of be like, well, what's he thinking there and what's going on? And, what the way he said that, what does that mean? And why his motivate? And so, yeah. No, I'm with you. I think also like, um, back to their relationship. I feel like their relationship's one of the most interesting parts of the movie for me. Just, I mean, like we talked about for all those reasons, but like also just, I don't know, neither of them are really in the right with like how they're like handling their lives or their relationship to one another. Like they're both kind of wrong. Yeah. Or they're both very wrong, actually. (laughs) I mean, they just have like a lot of issues. Yeah. Um, And it's like, it's frustrating at a lot of times to like see them like, like fumble so hard and like expressing what they want to express. Yeah. I think that's something very interesting about this movie is that like, that subtext of like, you know, sort of what you know, you don't know, but you can infer what they want to express, mm-hmm. but they're not expressing it. And it's so much trouble in communication. Yeah. And back to the relationship. I think that the dependence, independence, because Brandon yes. is like independence, like break away from the family. Mm-hmm. I'm not your family. Like he even said that where he's like, she was like, we're brother, sister. Like we depend on each other. We help each other. And he's like, I didn't give birth to you. Yeah. Which is so heartbreaking. That, that is was, so that sad. That was so mean. That Holy was so shit. sad. <laughs> that scene is really messed up. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but, and she is like the other extreme where she's ultra dependent where she's like, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm coming to live with you. Like Avoid there's no an attachment, anxious attachment. Yes. Yes. And if you like psychology in any way, this is a fantastic movie for yes. you. It's a very psychological movie. Yeah, I, agree. I, I think the portrayal, I, uh, so this is where love and from Gaspar Noé and, yeah. uh, this movie differ in my opinion is that where Gaspar Noé was sort of, um, like that SpongeBob episode where they go into the future <laughs> and everything's like metal. Yeah. And he's like, future. What a good analogy. It's that. Holy but shit. this is sex without love. I feel like it was much more um, maturely and artistically approached. Um, and also plainly, where I think Gaspar Noé, also it was like, um, it was him in the movie. Kind of, because he was like, I'm a filmmaker and I want to make a movie about sex and love. And so he was kind of sucking his own dick where Steve McQueen doesn't do that. He's like, this is the character. He's fucked up, isn't he? Well, I think, I mean, the idea of sex addiction is really interesting, right? Because it's like you, um, like with other addiction, it's like, yeah, there is an aspect of shame, but it's like, if you're an alcoholic and like once you realize you're an alcoholic or whatever, like you can talk about it. Like yeah. that's something it's mainstream. Yeah. It's mainstream and people won't like, I mean, people are going to judge you, but like sex addiction is kind of something else. Cause it's like, it's viewed in such like a, a different light than, than like, I guess more like tangible or like more common um, forms of addiction. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, you can feel why he's so reserved about all of it and why he gets that like such extreme visceral fear when he can't, when he feels like he's losing that sense of control over his image. And um, 
like, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that control over his image and that like that identity theme is very heavily uh, delved into. And uh, there, there was a quote that I found from Ray Carney. And it's not about this movie. It's about another movie. But I think it applies identically mm-hmm. to this movie. And he says, the only problem that these characters have is what they are. And there is no solution for that. And that's the end of the quote. Yeah. Because like in normal movies, it's like the external circumstances are the problems. Yeah, no, you're right. Movie, I, like, I like that okay. point a lot. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Thank you. Um, good, I mean, I mean, Ray. Good job, Ray. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, it's Ray Carney. <laughs> um, I, yeah, no, that's a totally good point. I, I mean, there's always like, when you're like writing, it's always like the di- dichotomy. Oh. Or like the, the balance between like the internal struggle and the external struggle. But this movie's like largely an internal struggle. Because mm-hmm. not because, a lot happens plot wise. Yeah. I mean, big things happen, but not that much. Yeah. And like externally, he's doing fine. Like he's got everything that society has like told him there is to have. Like he's got an apartment. He's got a job. He's a high-up executive, lots of money mm-hmm. in New York, and he has lots of sex. <laughs> and so why isn't he happy? And I think that's the problem of uh, everyone because, I mean, ultimately it's like I'm, I'm, we're eating, we're living in America. This is a pretty nice society compared to what a lot of people live in. Mm-hmm. And uh, so why aren't we happy? Yeah, I mean – because we're in a capitalist hellhole. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Um, but obviously this movie isn't saying that, but just yeah. like, well, I mean, kind of capitalism has made us like, m- like provably much lonelier over the last yeah. century. Um, and I think a, a lot of this is about loneliness too. Cause it's like, he has like his really shitty boss friend yeah. and like his estranged sister and like really nobody else. Like a lot of like prostitutes and hookups. Yeah, and it's it's so funny because it's like sex is viewed as like the like high point of intimacy, but that's not intimacy, mm-hmm. and um, obviously it's not sort of equatable that way, and that it's sex without love. Well, and the scene where it's like the when he's like hooking up with the one girl he actually likes, and and then he stops. As, well, I thought it was because he couldn't get hard. That was my guess. I wrote down he can't have sex with black women. <laughs> He literally sucked dick in that movie. <laughs> Somebody else sucked his dick. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, but not black women, apparently. <laughs> no, I assumed it was like he couldn't get hard because he had like genuine feelings Commitment, for her. It, yeah, and it's like he's so scared of that. Yeah, but also like you see, because he like way overreacts to the situation too, and it's like you see how like his like that's the end of the world for him yeah. if he loses his ability to like have sexual pleasure like that's that's it yeah that's like his avenue of who he is that's who how he views himself yeah. is in terms of that and so and then like he fucks the same girl in the hotel like right after <laughs> no it was uh, a prostitute wasn't it, it, it yeah like a the prostitute yeah and then it was like she f- like furls his hair yeah and was like good job good job <laughs> Um, yeah, but anyway, it's just like, it's so sad because it's like the yeah. one, the one girl he actually like. Yeah. And I think, um, going off of that, mm-hmm. the final scene, I think is a very powerful scene with the threesome. Oh and yeah. And cause it, because it's like the thesis of the film pretty much is that he's getting everything he wants. He is like gratifying all his desires to the best of his ability. And he is the most miserable, uh, that he's been in the entire yeah. film. And I think that's a very well. Like, that's poignant. because it, I like it's not. He has everything he thinks that he wants, but he doesn't have everything he wants. Yeah, like yeah, he wants yeah. to be happy. He wants to like have like real connections with people and like not be so dependent on this one like external thing for happiness. Which like it's just making it worse. I mean, that's the issue with addiction, right? It's like yeah. you you have this one thing because in the short term it will make you happier, but in the long term, it, like addiction itself will eventually destroy you and yeah. it's it's so like even if what you're addicted to is something isn't like drugs or like yeah. whatever like just the act of addiction i think in and of itself is inherently destructive yeah and i think it's like disturbingly like soon after you start the addiction mm-hmm. that it stops being pleasurable yeah and that the balance is way off mm-hmm. and you can't get off the train 
<laughs> and so it's like when people are like, oh, I was an alcoholic for like 12 years or whatever. Probably the first year it was cool. And then yeah. the 11 or shit. This is Dare with Grim and Stella. <laughs> I think the only other thing I have to say about shame is that it really makes you think like too often, like you realize like what to do mm-hmm. after you should have done it. Ooh, yeah. And I think that was like 100% with his sister. Yeah, when, oh so God, sad. Holy shit. That scene was so fucked up. Him like rushing to the subway and yeah. like the subway was And you were like, what's going on? And you're like, oh, oh no, oh, oh. And you're no. like, no, it's okay. Oh, no, no, Yeah, it's and not. it's like, oh no, he's, he's just like, par- and, oh no, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, and, but it's like you knew as soon as he knew because it was yeah. like they, they had that kind of connection. Yeah. Like out of what they experienced probably that just yeah. like, oh, it was fucked up. Yeah, <laughs> and that's, strange too how trauma sort of like binds people like that and can get passed down but like Like, also how it manifests very differently in different people yeah 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 um because they are like such different people but like you can tell they went through similar things yeah um god it's it's such a sad movie (laughs) it really is like don't watch this movie if you're not ready to just be fucking yeah but sometimes it's like oh it's like good yeah you gotta be ready once you're ready to be depressed you're like i think i need a little depression right now yeah (laughs) just like mainline it into my breath (laughs) the lack of serotonin yeah i thought it's a really good movie yeah shame is amazing we still have more movies to go. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, 12 Years a Slave was the last in his spiritual trilogy. Mm-hmm. And it was the movie about slavery. And it- personally, still, I don't know about you, but I'm anti-slavery. On this podcast, I think we should maintain a stance of um, anti-slavery. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I'm anti-slavery. Yeah, and the anything but Spielberg podcast, we're pretty anti-slavery. And anti-racist. Well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just wanted to get that out there before we talk about this movie. Yeah, no. Um, Which yeah. is really good. It's a it really, really, really good. good movie. No, I like I liked it a lot. Um, I haven't seen it in a long time. I haven't either. But w- when I did see it, I remember really liking it and being affected by it. I remember, I don't know why my mouth just made that sound. That was crazy. Um, I remember it. there being like, I don't know, the production design was good. That's like a specific weird thing. Sometimes I'm yeah. like, ooh, that's fun. Yeah. Also, side note, did you see First Cow? What? First Cow. What's that? came out last year. No. It's like a movie about like the frontier and these two guys who like become friends and then start like making um, like pastries for all of the like gold rush seekers. Wow. It that. That movie just has really good um, production design. That's why I share it. I looked it up. It takes place in 1820. Yeah. That's some crazy production design. Yeah. You got to be talented for that. Um, but anyway, 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. It's good. It won a bunch of Oscars. Um, deservedly so. Yeah. And I don't know if this is true, but I read that Steve McQueen is the first black person to win a Best Picture Award. And I don't know if that's true. But I hate I hate awards. Honestly, the Golden Globes just happened. I did not watch them, and I'm happy I did not watch them. <laughs> yeah, no, because I didn't fucking like know any of the movies that were. Well, I knew of the movies, but I was like, those weren't any of the good movies. And then there weren't many good movies. At least I haven't. I seen saw any. some. I mean, last year was I'm thinking of ending things, which I oh shit, that was good. That was good. Um, she dies tomorrow. I really liked. Can you send these to me? Because I yeah, I'm just gonna send me my letterbox list. (laughs) That's a good idea. Um, but yeah, I think I I feel like I don't have a ton to say on this one, which is unfortunate because I like I don't know. It's it's I'll have more to say about small acts. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it's such a struggle that like Graham and I are so far removed from. I don't want to like say anything that would be insensitive accidentally. It would have been um, hard to be a slave. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Fuck slavery. Yeah, I'm anti-slavery. But it's a really good movie. And Michael Fassbender is good. The guy, main guy is good. Cinematography is good. <laughs> yes, true. Um, okay, let's let's go. Let's move on to Widows. Yeah, because um, we, 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 Widows is the the hot take family. Yeah, we've we've got a bit more to say about Widows. Um, it's it's not good. No, it sucked. It yeah. re- it was really bad. There were some okay shots. Um, 
there were some okay shots. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best we can say. Um, the the acting wasn't that good, which no. was weird. And it had Viola Davis and yeah, and she's all an these amazing people. actor, and it was just not that great. No, it was it was really just I okay. I genuinely don't really remember the plot that much because I think it was a heist. It was a heist. It was a heist uh, for, a f- for the alderman. Yeah, but like it was a heist made out of all dead. Not dead people. Widows. Widows. Like women with dead husbands. It was like the Um, the husbands were heisters, and then the women were like, oh shit, our husbands died, now we're widows, we better heist again. I don't remember why, or like someone was after them or something. Something was going on. Yeah, it was like, we gotta save the dance recital, or something like that. But yeah. it was really bad. And the the big one shot, because each of his movies has a big one shot, where it's like he's uh, sucking his dick, and um, in this movie, it was the one in the car, where it was like, it was supposed to be like, I saw an interview with him where he was like, this was the hardest shot we did. And uh, he was like, it's supposed to represent, it's supposed to follow the differences in neighborhoods, because you see the houses in the one neighborhood, and then he drives to a different neighborhood, <laughs> and the houses change all in the same shot, which is stupid. Yeah, no, I <laughs> I agree. It was it was not, it didn't really keep my attention, which is really yeah. unfortunate, because it, it wasn't like it was slow. There was a lot happening, but it was just like, okay, okay, dude. And it was, uh, it was a, his Hollywood movie. Which, yeah. Uh, he's good as an independent art director, not yeah, a Hollywood Yeah, I don't, movie. um, I don't know. I don't even have that much else. I thought I was going to have more to say about it, but. When I, I walked out of the AMC when I saw this movie, I saw a guy die. Because they were wheeling him. He was like a homeless man in the alley by like Explorator. And they were like wheeling him off in like a stretcher and an ambulance was there. And I was like, I just saw Widows. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Emerson College experience because like, because Emerson's right next to like a homeless shelter and like also like, like it's in the middle of city crazy shit's happening. And like, and like, it's just Emerson kids like prancing around being like, Oh, did you go to Tate? (laughs) (laughs) Which honestly, I really hate. Like that just drives me up the wall, but there's nothing you can do. It's so expensive. Yeah. I really am uh, going through an existential crisis about these student loans. I'm uh, worried about them here. Oh, I thought we were just talking about Tate. Oh, I thought you were talking about Emerson College. Oh, no, I was just... But I don't go to Tate because of that reason. Yeah, it's it's too expensive. It's ridiculous. I got all jefes the other day for the first time in a while. <gasps> oh, delicious. fantastic. We used to do Taco Tuesday. I know. It's too cold. We it's can't too do cold. it. Yeah. Maybe later in yeah, the semester. once it warms up. Um, But, God. Delicious. I, Insomnia Cookies churros. takes board bucks. Oh, my God. So, Did I, I haven't told... Well, this happened like two days ago. My Insomnia Cookies story... So it was, no. I was over at Luke's. We ordered insomnia cookies. It was roughly 8 p.m. Delicious. We wait an hour and we're like, this is taking a while. <laughs> oh, no. And then we wait two hours and we're like, okay. <laughs> and it still said baking on the tracker. And so we called them. The store doesn't pick up. We call insomnia <laughs> cookies headquarters and we're like, where are our cookies? <laughs> and so they're like, um, we'll call the store and they called the store and they didn't pick up. <laughs> and so they're like, well, we could cancel your order or you can wait because it looks like you're the next people up. And then we're like, okay, well wait, we waited two more hours. What the fuck? This is, is like six hours. At this point, they're like about to close <laughs> and we're like, okay, we're, we'll call again. So we call again and they're like, yeah, they haven't done any orders since you guys placed what? it. Um, but the store won't pick up our calls. So, um, I, well, you want to cancel it? And I'm like, yeah, I guess. So now I have like a voucher for like nine free cookies, but I don't want to order from that place anymore because I think like somebody died while we ordered it or something. That's so weird. Cause like they just, it just didn't work. <laughs> um, so widows, not much else to say. It was shitty. It was, that's, that's our take. It widows shit. Um, small acts. <laughs> so this is his new, Stella, you texted me that this, is a series of short films. It's a, it's a which series. Is, it's okay, not, it's a, not, it's not short films. No, I looked this up. The first episode is two hours long. Yeah. That no, is not it's a short a film. series of films. <laughs> um, I watched, I think episode two or maybe episode three. It was lovers rock. I watched um, the first, like 30 minutes of the first episode. Yeah. 
I liked it, actually. I thought it was really good. I agree. The stuff I did watch, it looked way better than Widows. Is yes. it? <laughs> okay, good. Yeah, no, I, I, it was like very um, personal and oh. like really like intimate. Because he is, his parents are from the West Indies, yeah. which it's about the West Indies in Britain. I think every, um, all of them are different, like locations and stuff. I could be wrong. I don't know. I just read the Amazon, the thing on the bottom. Oh, yeah, maybe it is. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either, but I saw that it was a, a black story, which I like. Yeah. From Steve McQueen. I think it's, I liked, um, uh, no, I take it back. This is going to be a problematic take. <laughs> Somebody's going to be getting mad at that. The, what, what, what? Off podcast. Okay. Um, I like how so many black stories are like entrenched in suffering and like actually you know i could probably say this on the podcast like so many black stories are entrenched in suffering and pain um like strictly because of like the racial prejudice that exists in this country and all countries um but it's nice to see stories where that's not like the sole conflict because it's like that i think there are also a lot of rich black stories that aren't strictly about that even though obviously it's systemic it's like rooted in so many cultures and like it does influence any one of these stories but i think it was just like nice to see another perspective on like the black experience that i totally agree and i would like to add that i'm glad that because when that the seldom times that it does happen that black stories aren't about like racial mm-hmm. r- racism and all that they're about like rich black people and like the rich like the the ruling class black people yeah and those are not black stories i'm particularly interested in hot I take don't, i don't like any stories about rich people me neither <laughs> and so i'm really glad that this one at least from what i saw it was very ordinary people and that's yeah. what i love about shane or about steve mcqueen is that he captures that ordinary the mundane and the stories banal. about poor people are better yes yes very much because most people are poor yeah and so there's a lot more interesting stories no you're absolutely right i think um it, it's just it, it's yeah yeah and poor people they're going through shit it's interesting they're every, suffering every single movie has like some sort of theme like intentional or not about economic struggle because yes. that's just the way the world is um and this is not related to anything that we're supposed to be talking about, but I feel myself starting He's starting uh, to slip into that dialectical materialism to, to slip into a communist rant. And I think I should back out now. <laughs> You're saying that it's uh, the, all of history can be viewed as a class struggle. Huh? Yeah. Cause it can. <laughs> it certainly can. Anyhow. <laughs> um, I, I did like this. These, it seems like he's returning to his roots. Yeah. And it was, I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I want to watch more of it. Me too. I literally didn't know it existed until the Golden Globes. So I, I didn't know it existed was... until you texted me about it like two days ago, which is why um, I couldn't, I didn't watch it. I know. It. I wish we had, I had had the chance to watch more, but I think it, I still got a good feel for it. Um, and in the episode, cause the episode I was watching was all like about like music and like romance Ooh. and stuff. Um, and like the music was really cool. Like, um, just the use of sound and everything was really awesome. A lot of like great singing and stuff. Like it it was, I liked it a lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm optimistic. I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch more of it because I'm glad he's doing shit. Yeah, same. And like at first I was on the fence about like five hours. Is it like an anthology? Are they all different? Is it all different shit? Like each um, yeah, episode? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, I like that. I like that. I love anthologies. Me too. If, if you don't like anthologies, you're... You're a simpleton. You're a simpleton, yes. But, because at, at a certain point, because I was going to say if they were all connected, I was going to say at a certain point, when it's like eight hours of fucking material like that, it's, uh, it's a different medium than film, than a two-hour story. And I feel like his drawn-out style works better in that two-hour limit. Because I feel like if he's unlimited like that, he'll just spend too much time with the boring shit, like in Hunger. Yes. No, I agree. I think that it, it's a good platform for him. Yes, I agree. And I'm excited to see him do more TV stuff. Me I too. Think, um, you know, everybody's doing TV stuff. Um, so, Stella, what's your objective? Uh, do you have anything else to say about... No. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
what's your objective best? It's um, it's the same as yours, Graham. It's shame. Hey, <laughs> that was what I put too. That's what I put too. Because we both love shame. Yeah. And uh, we're not ashamed to say it. <laughs> we're not ashamed uh, to hey, say hey. it. Um, objective worst? Uh, windows. Windows. <laughs> windows. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think we have to expand on that. Yeah. Um, so Stella, what do you think he's uh, telling us? So oh. like I was starting to say earlier, I think that um, he really likes to explore the most like difficult and like nasty of emotions because like, I mean, obviously like the feeling of shame, but like the feeling of feelings of injustice, like feelings of powerlessness, um, like, I don't know, just feelings of like, something that you can't control it's out of your hands but it, like you feel like really passionately terrible about it yeah yeah that's a very good way to put it i i would think and i agree in the same vein that he's really trying to explore suffering and really um ways that the external like i think in 12 years of slave it was very much an external suffering mm -hmm. but in shame and hunger and probably small acts um, it's a lot more of like self-attacking yeah. suffering and how we get ourselves into so many, so much trouble and we're so hard on ourselves. And I think that he really explores that mental turmoil um, in a really interesting way. No, I agree. I think that that's a good way of putting it. You got a quote for us, Graham? Oh, yeah. So this is, so I looked up... Uh, uh, Steve McQueen facts <laughs> and the Tate Modern Museum, the kids section had a section on Steve McQueen. That's really odd. <laughs> so this is from Steve McQueen for kids. Um, the quote is his work explores what it means to be human. Oh, that's nice. Which I, I like thought that. was surprisingly deep for the Tate Modern kids. Yeah, section. The, but like, why, why do we need to be educating kids on Steve McQueen? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I think that's a, uh, a good summization. No, I agree. I think that that's very well put. Um, Graham, do you do you hear that? Do you hear that? I I think we hear an approaching, um, maybe amusing, maybe silly, maybe crazy, <laughs> maybe fun fact. Okay, I don't have any of those other <laughs> ones, but I got a fun fact for you. Um, so in elementary school, when he was growing up, he was diagnosed as dyslexic and he had a lazy eye. And so as a result, he wore an eye patch. Does that fix a lazy eye? <laughs> no, it's just so you don't look at it. <laughs> Does he still have a lazy eye? Maybe. Maybe he, uh, he corrected it. I Maybe feel like he got his shit together and got up off the couch and stopped being a lazy fat ass. <laughs> Why are you being so hostile to Steve McQueen? <laughs> I love him. I love him. But imagine Steve McQueen as a child with an eye patch. <laughs> oh, what, a, what a great image. Steve McQueen's kind of hot. I'm not going to lie. Let me Google it. Yeah. Like, also, like, shooting a sex scene in a movie has to be one of the most awkward things you could ever do in your life. Oh, my God. Like, I could not imagine that. How much sex scenes they did in this movie and how many different takes and camera angles and... Michael Fassbender, no, no, like uh, Steve McQueen going to Michael Fassbender, like, no, no, like this, like, no, let's get not your like dick that. in the shot more. Yeah, no, also, you're gonna walk right towards the camera with your dick out. This is gonna Michael be the first Fassbender shot. Michael Fassbender is packing schmeat. <laughs> great dick, great dick. Right off the bat, it's a great dick. But like, yeah, he hanging schlong. <laughs> yeah, and he, they're not afraid to let you know. Yeah, the whole like <laughs> opening scene, well, we didn't. We didn't even talk about the opening scene. Well, that's gonna take scene? some opening scene of shame on the on the train, subway. Subway. Well, my probably my favorite scene in shame. Yeah, honestly, um, and the eye contact because it's all told through eye contact. It's all told through eye contact. No dialogue. Yeah, and like, but the whole like idea of it is that you're getting this first glimpse of him realizing that like he's the villain in that scenario. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I might get raped. Yeah, like that's like, what she's thinking. Like he's thinking it's romantic, and then all of a sudden he realizes like, oh, she's running away from me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, Which is such an interesting way to introduce a character. Yeah. And I think it's w w what a lot of his movies and what a lot of like independent non-Hollywood movies do really well is they make you feel for characters 
in different ways where it's like you, you like he's a shithead like he's an awful like he's the villain but at the same time like you feel for him so much yeah and you feel his struggle and you identify with it in in some ways and i think that's very difficult to do and so good job steve mcqueen way to go steve <laughs> um no i I think you're absolutely right. But great first scene. Like that scene is so fucking good. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. And like just the, the way the shots work and everything in it. It's the editing, like the, the masterful. Beats. He's great at beats. He's a beat man. Yeah. Also the score in shame is fantastic. Yes. It's really yes. good. Yeah. Lots of classical, mm-hmm. great shit. Classical, like on, on catch <laughs> acoustic <laughs> classical five or orchestral chamber. What's the tonal vibraphone? Are we breaking our NDAs right now? Oh, oh, don't report. I don't think us. anybody knows what we're talking about. So exactly. it's fine. Um, but so is he doing anything after what, what, so this just came out. If you're, first of all, if you're asking like, what's he going to do next? What's he going to do next? He just came out with like eight hours of fucking material. (laughs) Dude, that's like a lot of shit to make. (laughs) Like that's like four movies. (laughs) Like that's insane. So calm down. But is he coming out with any, anything? It appears that he is. He is. Um, he's going to do a documentary about Amsterdam that was under Nazi control, so during World War II. And his, it's written by his wife, who is Dutch Ooh. and um, a historian. Um, I think that's cool. But yeah. I also would like not hate to see him do like more contemporary stuff. Yeah, that's what I loved about Shame, is that it was very contemporary. Yeah. And it was uh it was a modern it was a, t- a reflection of modern society mm-hmm. where I feel like like don't get me wrong 12 years a slave the sl- the racism is very pertinent. Yeah. No, I mean absolutely. Yeah, but I and love I mean, it. I love it when he's small does. acts, but like yeah. I don't know. It And I'm not saying like I want it more accessible to me as a white person. No, yeah. But like I think um just make Make small acts, but like do like present day shit too. Yeah. Um, I think that would be cool. I agree. I agree. Um, so I think that, that's all I got. That's all I got too, really. Okay. Well, so in that case, you should follow us on socials. I'm on Instagram at Stella under, or no, that's not my Instagram. Oh. I'm, on Insta- <laughs> I'm on Instagram at Stella.Drews with two S's, D-R-E-W-S-S. And my Twitter is Stella's Films. And Grams. Uh, in Instagram is F underscore Instagram, G-R-A-H-A-M. And if and you want to follow pods for more updates on our podcast and podcasts like ours, um, the Instagram is somewhere. In- <laughs> if you want to follow pods for um, updates on, oh my God, I can't speak. <laughs> I've lost it. If you want to follow pods for updates on our podcast and podcasts like ours, you should follow us on Instagram at pods.emerson and Twitter at podsemerson. Bye. Bye. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs>